0: Bad sports changes on a dime. Two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional, Professional wrestling. wrestling. We said the wrestling world was gonna change. CM Punk is all elite. And honestly, it couldn't have gone better.
1: I think it's possible that like, Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought
0: ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think you can consider AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly.
1: Don't forget that the only reason to be cleared to begin with was because AEW Very was going true. to, and they Very were trying true. to sign
0: him. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leans
1: towards Sandhagen, but I, I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. The Alderman Sterling and Yan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought but Connor looked fantastic
0: with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was
1: the stupidest move. You hear Dustin after the fight admitted though that there was like a second there where he was like, "Oh God, he might have me." Do you think Pena has a chance against
0: Manunia? The card isn't very good in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. When Gaon and Lewis could potentially
1: be really boring, also.
0: That's possible. Definitely. Boxing
1: Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to
0: throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet.
1: First off, I'm going to say
0: congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Laugh out a so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC.
1: Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see, with my Vikings jersey on. You have, like, your really, really top-tier wide receivers. but then there's a pretty big drop-off. He didn't speak English, so, like, the UFC, like, wasn't giving them title fights as fast as people who did speak English. It absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up, though, is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Orlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. like I... Not only
0: that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Olofsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like...
1: It's just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful. Exactly. Fightful. 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 Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I like got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select.
0: Doug from RBDT for life. <laughs> Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight straight from YouTube.com you Live Rounds The Marksman have arrived. have arrived
1: You're watching Live Rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Will Muscley
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Rounds, episode 50. Crazy, we've done, done this for 50 times and more, honestly. But, yeah, um, we have a fun one tonight, don't we? Because last night, you know, a lot of times, like, we, we even will talk over the weekend and be like, man, what are our main topics going to be? Or, you know, especially when it gets to around Monday, it's like, what are we going to talk about? And sometimes we're really stumped. And, uh, you know, towards the very... End of uh, the Monday night, we got, we got a juicy one here. So we're definitely going to talk about that. Um, And it's kind of funny too, because it kind of coexists with uh, MJF as well to where it's like, you know, does MJF want to go there? And this is like, you know, everybody's been seeing like sunshine and rainbows for Cody and a lot of negative news hasn't been coming out of the WWE lately. There hasn't been a lot of releases. There hasn't been a lot of bad talk. And now this. So it definitely kind of makes things get a little bit more even. So uh, we'll definitely talk about that tonight. So how are you doing tonight, Steven?
1: I'm doing well. I worked all today and then did an interview with John Thorne, who's the owner and promoter of AIW. That's going to air on Thursday on the Spotlight. That's a really good interview. People should definitely check that out. They have a really good show coming up this Saturday, uh, headlined by Matt Cardona and Dominic Garini. Um, And then this, yeah, like I'm, I'm happy to be here. Talk some wrestling. Might talk some MMA later on. We'll see what, kind of where the conversation goes. Not a whole lot to talk about the world of MMA, although I had no idea about this, that this is true from Rickety Cricket. I have not, it is Overeem and Stroman happening in a, Pro wrestling ring somewhere because I have not That is not correct.
0: Heard of- that is going to happen in Nottingham, England, by the authors of Payne's new wrestling promotion.
1: Oh, I saw they just started a new promotion. Okay, it's
0: called Wes. I don't remember what it stands for, and uh, it's also going to be um, Lana versus Nia Jax. It's going to be um, Killer Cross. Uh, Who's the other one? Uh, I think it's Jonah. I think it's Jonah Killer K- Cross and Sammy Del Rey in a uh, three-way. Um, the Arthur's a painter facing the Macklin brothers, like Steve Macklin and his brother, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's that and that's gonna be on fight. That's gonna actually be like a fight pay-per-view thing. So, but yeah, I didn't I didn't e- expect to see Alistair Overheem in the pro wrestling world, and I don't necessarily know if uh Braun Strowman would be the best guy to start that with. Um, that seems like that could have some botches going on there, but uh, interesting, interesting. I do like the idea that's in England though. I kind of like that.
1: Yeah, I I just got kind of blindsided about that whole thing. Like, I mean, Overeem has, for his whole life, especially during the Ubering phase, like he's always had the look of a professional wrestler. Oh, for um, sure. <laughs> so, I mean, if he's even like, if he can even take a few half decent bumps and just not hurt anybody in there, like he might do all right at this. We've seen people in AEW, like out like Andre Arlovsky, around the same size as him with like no experience, jump in on AEW and do really well. Junior Dos Santos. Yeah. 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 JDS even more even look even better. He's look probably the best of, of he yeah. be- I mean, Kane Velasquez looked really good like in Mexico. The WWE yeah. run was weird. Um and Free we don't have to talk. <laughs> yeah uh, that i don't want to that will that'll be an entire episode talking about that the thing with Cain yeah. velasquez i want to say this because i haven't really like publicly talked about my thoughts on it. it it's this terrible situation where we all totally get why he did what he did but like yep. it's really hard to set a standard like that that's okay to to do what he did so it's like it's such a sticky situation but i i trust me I'm not going to say I wouldn't have maybe done the same thing in his situation. You know what I mean? Like I, I fully,
0: but so the, the issue is for Kane is one. He didn't shoot the guy that actually did the act. So it's like, Hey, I meant to shoot somebody else. Is that going to be okay? You know, that's the problem. So like, in my opinion, the best that they can do for Kane is take him out on bail, let him be with his family for the time that he has and he's going to jail, or he's going to prison. Like I don't, yeah. th- don't see any way that Kane beats this, and the yeah. judge seems to not have like any iota of care to let him out. So he, I think he's stuck. I don't even think he's going to be able to go home. So yeah, it sucks. It's, it's just it's a- crazy though that like, you know, just we were watching Kane versus Brock in prime time, and he was the UFC champion, and now. He's behind bars. And I mean, I was there live when Kane came out, you know, and I've seen Kane fight and uh, it just, it sucks. I can't believe uh, that that's the situation. And, and, but you know, the older that I get, the more that like sports and life, it just, it doesn't always have a happy ending. Like it's just the honest truth about things. Like it's unfortunate. And there's just things that like, you know your team may never win a super bowl or, or you all right are, all right you know it's just, it's just, <laughs> i'm just saying right. like uh you, you're, you're
1: i, I uh, get I get, you're, I get what you're saying i get i'm not necessarily no i know but, you are not but no i get what I, you're saying no the, the thing the thing with kane is that what's really what's really gonna hurt him is that he shot the yeah. wrong person and that yep. he he chased the guy down he was like shooting into traffic and like there's a lot of people that could have been affected by this if he would have just cornered that dude and just beat the shit out of him, like, right. I don't think, I think he probably gets away with hardly anything. You know yeah. what I mean? Because this guy's going to get convicted of, I don't even want to say the word on YouTube because I don't want to right. say yeah, But yeah, like, you know not. what? Yeah. But you know, but you know what I mean? Like this guy's going to get convicted of that. So like this dude, like this dude's guilty. Like this dude has what's coming to him, but they let him out on bail and Kane saw his opportunity to do something about it himself. And that was, you know, like, the whole the whole situation is just is just a terrible situation. And I think they're going to heavily lean towards Kane having, like, like brain damage from fighting. I think they're going to try to probably use that as a defense, which we might as well. I mean, I don't... I don't everyone know. Once again, everyone gets why he did it. It's just you can't... Yep. You just can't do what he did without thinking there's not going to be any consequence for it. It's just a... Well,
0: and it's like, what side stuff. are people going to be on? Like, that's the issue, too, because, you know... Like Dirty thinks he's he'll get 10 years, but the problem is, is Kane is such a public figure that it's not one of those things you can just kind of slide under the rug and give him a light sentence if you know, if you think that it's going to set a precedent. So I don't know, I don't know what'll happen, yeah, but tough. I, know he's facing I, I hope like 20 the best
1: plus. for us, yeah. I hope the best for him for sure. Well, and also just so y'all know, um, unrelated if y'all do want like your questions read everything as far as super chats we'll always make sure to put up on the screen so if you want to be a part of the conversation we're we'll always paying attention to the to the chat here we appreciate everyone who's here but um if you want to like for sure get your questions answered or statement read uh please send a super chat there's also a, a donation link in the description below it works the same way and uh, if you don't mind hitting that thumbs up button because we're gonna be i mean we might as well just start off with uh the sasha and aomi stuff sure you know i mean yeah yeah
0: Everybody smash that, that that like button. We're about to talk about the hot topic, and then uh, we'll get into some other stuff. And we'll probably, like I said, what will we'll probably happen is we'll talk about that, and then we'll transition to MJF because I do think that they kind of go together. Um, so here's here's my take with Sasha and Naomi. Like, at the end of the day, I don't care how much you hate the WWE – you got to do your contract you've just got to get through it like moxley was absolutely miserable and he went through his entire contract got his freedom and was able to just do whatever he wanted to do i think the problem is is that they they get so upset then they work things out they think things are going to be better and then either they're nowhere near as uh, good as what they thought it was going to be or it's even worse than what it was and then they get they get upset again I mean, me personally, I don't understand the disconnect between Sasha Banks and WWE. Like, I don't think WWE views Sasha Banks the same way as they view Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Like, I don't. I don't think she's treated the same. And whether that's because she's already burned a bridge and she's still currently working there. But in my opinion, this relationship needs to end. This just isn't working out for either party. But I don't think that they will ever do that because they're too afraid of where she will go. Now, a lot of people think that she could just go into Hollywood because she has been in star Wars Mandalorian. Um, and she was, she was good in it. Um, and I'm sure other opportunities to present herself. I mean, she was in that Monday night football commercial or whatever too. Like she's definitely had some, uh, appearances, but, I I don't know. I mean, are they liking her, though, because she is a WWE superstar? Or do they like the actual person and her ability is the question. Um, And that's what you'll determine on the worst. Now, Naomi, on the other hand, I think if Naomi wasn't related to Roman, if she wasn't married to an Uso, I don't really think they would care about Naomi, in in my opinion. I think Naomi's talented, And I don't think that she's ever really gotten the ball. Like, I think if she did go to an AEW, like, I think, and they actually made her, like, a main eventer, like, I think she could definitely hold her own. I mean, I think she's very talented. Um, I think she needs some cleaning up for sure. She's a little sloppy, but it's also, that's the type of style that they've accepted her to do for so long. You know, like, she hasn't really been, I don't feel like she's really been pushed, like, how many times has she been pushed to try to have a match of the year candidate? You know what I mean? So I'm not really sure how they handle that situation. I do find it really interesting, too, because it's like this. I, I feel like Sasha or Naomi, one or the other, they talk themselves into this. Like, I don't know if they would have done this if they were just on their own. I feel like that they both were fed up. They were talking to each other and it's just like, you know what? Screw this. I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not doing it either. You know, like, I, I don't know how that worked, but um, interesting. And it is interesting how WWE tried to spin it, but I'll let you get your opening thoughts on it and then we'll talk about more.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm with you in a lot on most of that. Like, I mean, this is the second time this happened with Sasha. And it was over the same thing pretty much. It was over the women's tag title belts and like her value in the company or her, her perceived value in the company and that kind of stuff. And it's, I'm with you, like, I, I probably just needs to end, but it's also like, we say, and it's not, this isn't just a, a Sasha thing. This is anyone who just continues to sign with the WWE. Like you're, you're, when you sign with the WWE, you are trading your, your art for money. Which like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna sit here and say, like, you're a sellout and you shouldn't do that. no, you you can do whatever you want. Like, but at the end of the day, that's what you're doing because you're you're basically accepting, like, okay, they're gonna give me a lot of money, and now I have to do whatever shitty storylines they have, or whatever yeah. just have mad three minute matches, or like you know, you you know you have to know what you're signing up for. Right. And like Sasha is super talented, like nobody is denying that. Naomi. I don't think it's quite on Sasha's level, but I think that Naomi is is good and she's had some opportunity there. I remember uh, she won like the, like the women's Andre like battle Royal thing at WrestleMania uh, back in like Orlando, I think. And it looked like they were going to, she was getting big reactions. Like, so, you know, so it's one of those things where like, I think they're talented performers, but you know, I don't, I don't know what the big discrepancy is, I guess at the end of the day, like, like i i like i get it i get that the women's tag titles are like uh, and and for lack of a better word they're a complete joke they're complete they're a non-factor like i don't think anybody cares about those women's tag team titles um but at the same time like if you aren't the women's champion on raw or smackdown and you aren't in that women's title match or scene at the time like if you aren't right now if you're on charlotte ronda um charlotte ronda becky and bianca basically then like it seems like the women's tag titles are probably the next best option on in that whole situation you know what i mean like you're about you're allowed to be on both shows and at least it's a title belt that like once again it doesn't mean anything unfortunately but it's better than them having nothing for you to do so and then the other side of this too was we'll talk well this goes into the wwe's thing which which i you know we'll talk we'll talk about that too but but part of this is also like the whole them not feeling comfortable wrestling certain wrestlers when, that, that, say, that, when that's when i felt
0: when, in what when yeah.
1: these same wrestlers has wrestled like nia jacks over and over and stuff you know what i mean like you can't sit here yeah. and tell me like that It all the whole thing seemed very bizarre and it just seems like it just seems like i mean this is i don't i don't know what to make of it completely because i think if sasha was happy with her situation this just wouldn't be an issue but what does it take to keep her as happy as she needs to be to perform the job like that's like i don't know i don't know how else to really put it other than like you you signed up to be in the wwe you signed for you know hundreds of thousands millions of dollars whatever it is and like they're and they're not out there like degrading you they're they're just making you have matches that nobody cares about but like that's what the WWE does like unless yep. you're like one of like literally like four or five people that are signed there you're just kind of in everybody else situation and you know I, and here's the thing sasha probably feels like she should be in a charlotte flair type type spot and i understand that because she has the talent to be that so yep. i get that but it's also like you just can't be surprised when the WWE the track record speaks for itself of what they're gonna do to you if you're not like the top person.
0: Well, and it's also like they don't view you that way. Like you've right. done everything that you've done, right? You've had these. I I mean her and Bailey's probably the greatest like female match I've ever seen in my life, right? It's
1: incredible, a takeover, and, yeah. right?
0: For sure. And She's definitely been main eventer. She's been champion. She has a huge fan base. She's definitely more so on the um, the bigger scale. I mean, when you go to a WWE event and Sasha comes out, she gets a main event type of reaction. It's so, but they don't, I just think that they don't trust her, right? Like why would you want to make her champion when she's already walked out on your company and I'm sure that this is not just something that came out of the blue. I'm sure this is something that's been building up. That's why people are, you know, when they're like, man, it was just a like job out. But like you were going to be in the main event because like, apparently what I heard is that Naomi was supposed to pin Sasha and then Sasha was going to end up facing uh, sharp, uh, whoever's on SmackDown for the title, Ronda. And Naomi was going to end up facing Bianca Belair on Raw for the title. And they were both going to lose. And then it was right back to the tag team belts. So it was like, basically, you were going to have both of them lose. So the tag team titles mean nothing. So that's what I heard. I could be wrong. So I'm not claiming that as fact at all. Sure, I got you. But um, I just don't think that that necessarily was like, I, I personally think this has been brewing since WrestleMania. Like, I don't even think that they necessarily wanted to be a tag team. I don't think that they wanted to win the tag team titles because they thought the titles were a joke. And another thing that I find weird is where the hell is Bailey? Like I've heard bailey has been medically cleared. She's been gone for over a year. Where is she at? And why hasn't she been a factor in any of this? You know what I mean? And if it's creative, has nothing for her, I'm sure they can figure out something Then you know, giving lacey evans a pity party pity party story and then making her a heel like they've they've got something brewing if they want to
1: yeah and i mean just all so bizarre all of this like so it, then when it comes with like the wwe statement about this and them, yes. you know they don't even announce their their firings anymore, like they used to, where they would come out and do the whole future endeavor, wish you your best in your future endeavors and all that stuff. When they let go of people, they don't even do that anymore. But for whatever reason, they were like, we got to get a statement out on this publicly, like right now. And uh, basically, called, basically called Naomi and Sasha unprofessional and said that they didn't want to have the match and they turned their title belts in and they didn't feel comfortable wrestling two of the wrestlers in that match. And you know i think and this is reckless speculation this is not a fact by any means but i when i see stuff like this thing with sasha and naomi and i see kind of like the kevin owens like what he's doing on twitter right now the whole countdown to ko because they're doing the k the, the cody countdown to Cody. i mean what other wrestler is getting a count we're like they're the WWE is telling you hey if you don't like our show but you like cody we're letting you know when he's going to be on so you can tune it i agree like that's that's and, hilarious and i think and we can elaborate on that more yeah we'll talk well. about that more but but i think that some of this might be a trickle down of that because like the wrestlers that have been loyal to the WWE are just like they're just and another number in you know, another another cog in the wheel and like and they're, they're basically telling people with the cody thing like the only way you can be an actual star in our eyes is to leave and be a star somewhere else and then yeah. we'll make you a star but like everyone who kept signing with us when they had other options yeah, we don't really do it for us, but like, well, know, we kind of, you know, we kind of
0: destroyed your value within those five years that you re-signed with us. So, you know, yeah, if you can go out there and get some brand new on you and come on back, then yeah, you could be perfect.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. But I could <laughs> but I could see that being an issue maybe for someone like Sasha and Naomi or, or Owen. I think the Owen stuff is more playful. Cause like him and Cody are friends, but I think there's some truth to that, you know, at least a little bit of being like, what's going on here. Like I've, I've been helping carry this company and now, you know, and and I've talked about that the other week about how, when more AEW wrestlers start coming over like MJF or uh, maybe like jungle boy in the future or someone like that, uh, Jade Cargill, how are the the loyal WWE wrestlers that keep resigning there and just keep getting 50, 50 booked? Like how are they going to feel when other people just keep jumping their spots when they weren't even made stars in that company? Like, yeah. like, how crazy is it that the WWE needs to go outside of their own company to find stars? They just can't build on them themselves. It's it's, yeah. it's so wild. So anyway, I think that's part of this too, maybe, with, with Sasha and Naomi, is like, they don't like being the tag champions. They didn't want to do the storylines they're doing. They see the position they're on on the show. And then they also see outsiders coming in and, and getting countdown clocks to, to when they're going to be on screen. And they're just like, what are we doing here? like you know and
0: so here's my thing too about that statement right to me it's damage control it's completely avoiding what actually was the issue because for one they talked about the two people that they didn't feel comfortable working with which is total bs then they talked about that they had eight hours to rehearse
1: by the way who were the two people was dewdrop and who else
0: well, is Dewdrop and Nikki Ash were going to be in the match, but they're stating that it was going to be um, – it was Becca and Oscar, Becky and Oscar, And I'm like, that sounds ridiculous. But I don't know. I mean, they've all wrestled before. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. None of this is believable. Yeah, they've all
1: wrestled Nia Jax. Like, how can right. you be out there wrestling Nia it's, Jax and think that other people are too unsafe to wrestle? Like, come on.
0: I agree. Plus, eight hours. So you sat in the ring and you went over the match, and it's just like – yeah, I understand that you want a hip toss, but like, I'm just going to elbow you in the face. Like, well, this isn't going to work. Like, come on, this is ridiculous. Like that, that, that I don't buy. Um, They also, they showed up with briefcases. Like why would you even mention that? Like, that just sounds ridiculous. They, they showed up with briefcases and took out the belts and put them on the desk. Like, i I don't know do you even need that type of detail and then it was like they wanted to make sure that they kind of buried them as unprofessional like if i'm naomi and sasha i'm already upset but i'm really upset with how they they handled that statement and then how they buried them on commentary like that to me is like what did
1: they say on commentary on this set
0: uh, Corey Graves said some stuff basically about how they were unprofessional or they didn't show. Or, I don't remember. I, I don't know the full details, but I heard that Corey Graves had some
1: nice stuff to say about him.
0: Okay, so um, Corey Graves
1: actually mentioned it on air to the audience. Gotcha.
0: Right, right. Yeah, so it was mentioned in the audience. And then they acted like that they advertised this, and I don't know if they did. Did they advertise a six-way match?
1: I mean, I'm not a
0: WWE expert. Yeah. You know, now we have our Cody uh, countdown, so nobody needs to watch the show except when the Cody countdown goes off. So. And they're also
1: made sure to put it up right when Better Call Saul ends each week. It's like the episode <laughs> ends, and they're like, all right, the, the the 18 to 49 is about to jump over for Cody.
0: That's funny. That's funny. Um. Sorry, suitcases, not briefcases. But I mean, yeah, either one. I don't, I don't see the point in the detail.
1: I think the idea with that, this is just my the way I perceive that is that I think they're the narrative they're putting out there is like they had their stuff, they were ready to leave, they didn't want to talk about this. Like they, they had their suitcases and they were walking out of the building. You know what I mean? Well, and here's the thing with Austin. Austin is a little bit different. <sighs>
0: How could you say this?
1: Uh, Austin was the biggest star in wrestling history at one point.
0: <laughs> well, not just that. <laughs> but at the same time, he really wasn't that at, at that point. Like, right. he was, he's a huge star. Don't get me wrong. But they were really doing him dirty and creative. Like, he was on the mid-card with Scott Hall at WrestleMania. He was on the mid-card feuding with, like, Big Show and Ric Flair. Like, he was just basically wasting away, and he knew it, and he hated it. And then when they booked him to face Brock Lesnar on a Raw, that that did it for him. That's of the That's Rings what of made him well. But, like, I know that, you know, the whole thing, he took his ball and he went home and you never walk out in the audience. And then Vince came out. You see, the thing was is Vince came out and thanked Austin. You know what I mean? Like, he was upset, but he also did some damage control. I don't see that happening in this like I don't see them trying to just be like hey maybe we were wrong or you know if you do never come back I just want to thank you for everything it's like no these girls are unprofessional they don't want to do business you know now they can just sit at home and we'll find the hell out of them while they do it you know what I mean like it's gonna be much different how they're treated and i do wonder if like social justice people are going to start to step in and be like hey you know they're treating women unfairly in this position because based on how they treated others like this is not fair and if that will put some pressure on wwe because wwe is a publicly traded company so that's my thing is i don't know how messy they want to get this and I don't know how dug in Sasha is at this point. Cause he's already done it once. So, in my opinion, if you've done it once, this time you're not coming back. Like you're done. This is this is I've had enough. So I yeah. don't know. I I mean it's also kind of like a CM Punk situation, too, right? Like he just he's had enough and he went home and he was done. And then they waited all the way till his wedding to fire him. Like <laughs> these people, they're cold blooded. There's no doubt about it. They're cold blooded. So um it'll it'll be it'll be interesting to see the next play in this. Yeah. I think if AEW didn't exist, I think Sasha Banks would probably get released.
1: Yeah, right, pro- yeah, probably. Um, and I don't see her coming back either. Like I don't I just don't see I mean what's the point? I mean I guess the point would be to not get fined a whole bunch of money. I mean I, I get that but I remember when Pac just did kind of the same thing and he just didn't come back. Like for, yeah. it was like, it was like years that he just sat out. Yeah. Um, and, and once again, this is the difference with Steve Austin. Once again, is, I mean, I, I get that he was dropping down the card a little bit at the time that he walked out, but that's still still so cool. Steve Austin, like mountain rush more all time of like most popular wrestlers ever. I mean, it'd be like him, Hogan, The Rock, if you count him outside of wrestling, I mean Cena. I mean it's like rarefied air where Steve Austin's at. So like I get them treating him differently and all and almost begging for him to come back in ways because it's like he's so well, important. And also, in the history of the
0: company. It it's important for him too. Like they both mutually benefit from each other because the moment that they want to make Austin the guy, then he's worth way more money. And by him going away and then coming back, it was like, you know, everybody started buying their Austin T-shirts. Everybody was getting hyped. And little did we know, I mean, he was only going to be there for a couple of months and then he was going to retire and that was it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Because he came back at
0: No Way Out and his last match was at WrestleMania. So he came back in February. He was done in March. That was it.
1: Well, then he came back in uh, 2022. and That's right. Kevin Owens ko um, show but yeah i just there that's i i'm with you though i think that if AEW didn't exist they'd probably just cut ties with sasha and i think that's what sasha would want too. is what it seems like If you if you keep walking out like you clearly don't care what the company thinks about you at that point like you're you want out so yeah. um But WWE's not going to do that and just let her just walk right over to AEW, I don't think. I mean, crazy things have happened.
0: One of the brutal things by walking out
1: is you give up your royalties forever. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. So if you don't finish out your contract and you just walk out, you give up your royalties forever. So the boss, Sasha Banks merchandise, all that stuff, she will get nothing. So it is a big, brutal thing to do. Um and that's what I'm saying like with with Ambrose like Moxley so smart because he just he went ahead and finished it out and then he's getting he's going to get shield stuff forever whatever they tried to do he'll get a cut of that because he finished out his contract. And it's like no matter no matter what you think of like how it went business-wise or whatever I promise you they have far more respect for someone like a Moxley who even trashed what they do and all that stuff. But he stayed with the company the whole way through and he still resign. But Hey, that's good business. And I see this all the time in UFC as well. I mean, like how many times do you say to Nate Diaz and Nick Diaz, do not resign, do not resign because you're worth more outside than you are there they keep resigning and it's like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, you got three fights left on your deal, bud, you're stuck, you know? Yeah. So, um, it, it, will be, it'll be interesting, but I do think the landscape of where people are just going to ask for their release and if they're a big name and stuff, like, they're just not going to get it. I just don't think it's going to happen, and I think these people are going to be stuck for a long time. So just be really careful when you sign those contracts and know what you're getting yourself into. Like I said, ask Mustafa Ali. Like, uh, he, he came crawling back, and there's really nothing he could do about it. And I I just think at the end of the day, you have no leverage. You have no leverage. They own you on that contract and you're stuck in it. And you're just going to have to go through with it. Even though you hate it, you hate coming to work. It, At it, it best, what you can do, just start half-assing it in the ring. Start messing up. Start like, yeah, it's not working out. I don't know. I just, maybe I've lost my, my ability to do this. And then they're just like, oh, you suck now. We'll just let you go. But, it's a risk because then, you know, they, for the last 10 months, they've seen you just been terrible or whatever. And then who knows if a wrestling company will be interested, but that's like the only way you're getting out of there.
1: Yeah. I never thought about that. Just like being so bad all of a sudden that they're just like, liability <laughs> You're when, they're like, when did you become Enzo? What the hell happened here? <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I can't trust it enough. And you just, you just kind of, um, kind of highlighted it as well there i mean it's like obviously as somebody who like i obviously i i, I almost always will side with the wrestlers over the promotions and when it comes to wrestling when it comes to athletes on a football team or or uh, fighters in the ufc like i'm almost always going to be pro athlete over pro organization but when it's like you just you just gotta know you gotta like and i hate i hate to say this because this sounds so like uh like depressing almost but when you sign with the WWE, you just gotta you just, you just you just you just have to go over the mindset that you, you just aren't special like like you like you like why it's not all going to change because of because of you like you think that it is because like you are great at what you do and you see that big light at the end of the tunnel and you you know you can do it if you're given the opportunity but you're probably not going to be given the opportunity um only very few people get that opportunity unfortunately listen Um,
0: there's there's one roman exactly that's that's it that's the only person here that they really give a damn that they have to keep otherwise you're you're on borrowed time maybe an orton maybe orton maybe roman probably a Cody Rhodes. You but know, Cody had to leave the
1: company for seven years to prove
0: a hundred percent. Yeah. But when you're Sasha, when you're Naomi and they still have Becky and now they've got Bianca and they brought back Oscar, they're bringing back Bailey. They're just like, you know, you can go and go, but you're not getting released. So you can sit at home, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's just the sad truth of it. You know, I, i wish i wish the wrestlers had the option like the companies do like that's something about the ufc especially that i hate the way that their contracts are set up where Mm -hmm. they can fire you at any time but you can't quit like i Mm -hmm. i don't like that when you're supposed to be an independent contractor and Um, they
0: punish you for being a title contender like if you get into title contention well two more fights on your old deal
1: Yep. Like, yeah. He, you win that title. You can't get out. Like for instance, and yep. wanted out for a minute and he's like just sitting around injured, like hoping a year will pass so he can like try fighting his way out of it. But corner. honestly,
0: that injury is a huge blessing because if he wasn't and they were offering him fights, I think he would have a lot harder of a time. Oh, I agree. Like, Look, we've yeah. been offering him fights. He's uh he just keeps, retu- he keeps turning them down. We're trying to make this work. Now it's like, yeah, we gotta wait a year before we get off fight. Oh, he's a free agent. Well, see you later. I, I truly don't think he's coming back to the UFC. I just I see too much of him. Like he was on uh, that LeBron show with like Jake Paul, like mm-hmm. uh the barbershop type show. Like, and then he was in the ring with Tyson Fury, like it's he's he's not coming back, but I don't think he has much of a value outside of the UFC, honestly. Because if he's not great at boxing. He, then then what is he because it's not going to be in another mma promotion
1: yeah i and i think that ufc is preparing themselves by trying to book mio and jones like yep. i think that that will be the interim title fight and if francis is still around then it'll be you know the unification if francis isn't around just one of them is the true champ or they'll have to fight the winner of uh is it is two of and gone are fighting i'm pretty sure I think um, so. I think the, so. The, win- the winner of that should get a title a title shot. Um, so especially if it's Chuyavasa since he's like rising the ranks and hasn't had a title shot himself yet. But um, but yeah, I mean it's it just it just is what it is, unfortunately. I you know, I wish I wish Sasha was able to just and name as well. I wish if they wanted out, they could just get out. But I also wish that they just wouldn't have signed another contract and just left and what just go be happy somewhere else or once, once again, I can't stress it enough. You're, you're, you're trading your art and your creativity for money, which I'm not going to knock anyone for doing. I would, I'm kind of doing it myself actually in all honesty. Like I'm spending a lot of my time doing a job that like, I like, it's a great job, but like, it isn't my passion, but I'm spending a lot of my time doing it now because I want to make money, you know? And that's, yeah. you know, and that's like, going with the WWE, like you, you can't be, like in AEW, you can kind of have your cake and eat it too. You can make good money and you can continue to have your your artistic freedom. To and with with WWE, you just you just don't. And that's yeah. what you're signing up for. And you know, unless you're Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes, maybe like a Charlotte Flair, it just everyone else is just everyone else, unfortunately. So you kind of either got to live with that and just take the money and just keep going out there and doing it, or you got to stop. Signing when offered another contract and go somewhere else. So
0: I will say this too, though, that I do think that sometimes trading in your time for doing something that you're not passionate about can sometimes help you do that thing you're passionate about. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Absolutely. So I think that's also part of it is like, yeah, she has to eat crap right now but she's also a huge superstar for the WWE. She's being put in movies. She's doing other things that when her WWE life rest as a wrestler is over, she'll be able to transition into something else. And that's why I think her Twitter handle has a real name and all that stuff because, you know, it was smart. Like for me, like with Zack Ryder, he kept calling himself his real name with the major bros, so I was so used to him being Matt Cardona that it didn't even throw me off at all. I'm like, oh okay, Matt Cardona, Brian Myers, like yeah, that makes sense, you know. And I, I think that's what we're starting to see a lot more is uh, wrestlers using their real names because then they can transition away uh, and and do other things. And like personally. I think it's going to be really interesting because we didn't really talk about this, but like Roman signed a new contract with far less dates and he's not even advertised to be in like the next couple of pay-per-views it looks like. And they took his fate, his whole big right in front of the poster off and put Cody Rhodes in his place. So if that doesn't tell you anything, I don't know what will, you know what I mean? Um, Yeah. Yeah. so, So that's interesting as well. A lot, of,
1: a lot of moving parts. Um, well, okay, so the thing with Roman that I don't think people are, are fully uh, grasping to is his current run he's on as the champion this last, like, two years or whatever. Like, obviously, like, the company's been on his back, and he's been the champion and, like, the main focus of the show. But people got to remember, like, he's pretty much been that guy since The Shield. Like, like he came into the company as a main event guy in that in that group and then when the group broke up ever since then he's been their top guy it's just it's only really worked well the last couple years but he's been their top guy for like the better part of a decade so this isn't like you know what i mean so it's like i think some people see it as like man roman's on like the best run of his career which is true but you can't forget like how many years this company has been on his back? I mean, they've been trying to build him since there was any hint of Cena not being around full time, and so I could understand when you really think about it, being like really more like not like a two-year run, but like a seven-year run or like a almost ten-year run. That's it. Makes sense why he would probably want to start slowing down, work a little bit less dates because he's had the company on his back for so long, and they locked into their next option which is cody like because if cody can stay uninjured he can be their roman their cena whatever you want to call him for the next like five years like because he's he's selling the merchandise he has the interest the 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 rating spike for him he's having great matches he's having great promos like he's over and they're they've fully invested in him with his pyro and his whole presentation and everything it's like it's like he's he's the guy like he's going to be the guy to beat roman for this title belt i am 100 percent sure of it um so luckily they have someone to be a successor to roman and roman can maybe take more of the brock role of like still being the main like kind of like the big final boss type guy in the company but you know just isn't there nearly as often but when he's there it's a big deal Because you also, I mean, because Brock's also at some point gonna have to start slowing down too. Even though he rarely ever wrestles, I mean, he's getting up there in age, and he's not gonna want to do this forever. So Roman can kind of be like the new Brock. Cody can be kind of the Roman slash Cena, and then you gotta build new stars. But like, or or hire MJF. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. um, Here's
0: here's another thought that like, dude, like the rocks, the rocks, like wrestling career was only like six years. Yeah. That's what's wild. But here's another thing, though, to me, is that when a guy in WWE says that they've been doing this for 10 years, 20, 12 years, it's like all the years just kind of blend together because there's so much stuff has just not been meaningful. Think of all the things that The Rock accomplished and did within those six years. And think about like what a lot of these guys have done in six years. You're just kind of like hmm. – Okay, I guess it's been six years. Wow, has it really been 10 years? Like, it's just kind of blah all the way through. Like, maybe some spikes here or there, but for the most part, it's just kind of eh. And I, I think that that is a big difference with WWE. Like, they're just they're making it month to month, and they're just going with the flow But they're not really trying to commit to do anything really crazy. And the crazy thing about them is they don't have to be great. All they have to do is be good. They have too loyal of a fan base that if they're just good, people will – that's all that fan base needs. They don't need anything to be, like, overly pushed to them. They don't need anything overly exciting. They just don't want it to be bad. That's it. And with AEW, the standard is high. It's very high. And when you're booked on there, people are expecting matches that are really good. People are expecting promos. Doesn't mean they always get them, but that's the expectation. And WWE, if you're expecting that same thing, you're totally misled. That's not what they're about. That's not what they're going to do. Now, I will say... Cody doesn't give a damn. Cody is is there to be the American nightmare on WWE television and it is working. And I'm very happy for him. I think it's great. Um, I do think that the Cody Countdown's hilarious because it's almost like, it's almost like, hey, AEW fans, if you still want to see Cody, what's going on? here's your countdown to know when you can tune into our show because we know you don't like it, but we know you like Cody. Yep. So it's like they've made their own countdown for it. Um, but he's very different, man. Like like I saw him at a house show and this dude had like uh, two uh, AEW figures like on the, on the side of the guardrail and Cody's walking by. He has a marker. Cody signs both of them. Man, a lot of WWE guys would be like, I don't work for that company anymore. I can't sign. I'm sorry. Or like just totally blow you off. That's just not Cody. And I think one thing he really learned in the independence is the grassroots movement, man. If Cody gives you a belt, if Cody gives you a high five, if Cody stops and gives you a selfie, he knows that he has you for life. He knows that you're going to stick around and be with him. And I feel like a lot of the WWE guys, they're so involved that they don't know what it's like on the outside. And they're used to showing up in an autograph signing and having multiple security people right there and preventing them from getting that close to the fans and, and all this. And like Cody literally will just talk shop with you and, you know, see how your day was and all this other stuff. Like, you're not getting that from a lot of guys. He's just too authentic. He's too genuine and he stands out. And that's why I think that he's going to be their top babyface. I don't think he's going to be a heel. I truly think what he said in AEW where like he worked too hard. He gained his audience too much to ever be a heel. I really don't think he's going to be a heel. Um, I think he's going to be a baby face. And I think that. As long as everything's working, I think it's stupid that him and Seth are having another match, but here we are. Um, But it sure seems like it's built up for Cody to win Money in the Bank, so we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I love that Cody still promotes AEW and stuff. We talked about this before, but like, you know, there's other wrestlers that are afraid they're going to get in trouble if they even tag another wrestler on Twitter that's like not in, in the WWE in any right. Like, right. Cody's retweeting like AEW action figures and stuff, still. Like, he's talking about the AEW Supremes looking badass and like um. in retweeting when people uh find these chase variant Cody LJN figures. Um, you know, it's like, I mean, and people have to understand that's his company. Like he's, he founded that company. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like that just disappears and goes away. And like, he's never going to think about that again. Like he started the second biggest sports entertainment, pro wrestling, whatever you want to call it company in the entire world. Like, so, and, and I, I'd have to imagine, I know it's been talked about that. He has like the longest contract ever in WWE history with all like the, the things that he worked into it. And I'm sure that's a big part of it is like, he's like i'm not gonna get in trouble for for promoting people like ricky starks you know Like, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get in trouble for posting selfies with with uh brodie lee jr and amanda huber and stuff you know what i mean like he's gonna he's gonna keep he's gonna not, he's not burning any of those bridges and he made w probably just means way too much to him to just pretend like it never happened so um and, and WWE is giving him that that leeway because because cody actually has leverage in this situation like if if WWE just fired him right now and they're just like we don't like you we don't like what you're doing we don't like that you're talking about AEW on social media whatever you're fired he'd be like okay cool and he'd go right back to AEW and be an even bigger star that he i mean yeah. he has he can do whatever he wants like he's and or he can just go into tv and do more acting like whatever he wants to do run run for mayor of georgia or whatever he wants to do like he's he has plenty of options and if any of those options dry up or he doesn't want to do them anymore he's a multimillionaire that doesn't have to work anymore anyways so yep. you know so it's like he has the leverage to put these kind of things into his deals and yep. you know and that's a big part of it when you say like cody doesn't doesn't care that's i i believe it because he's going out there loose like he's going out there yep. being like all right i'm gonna keep being me and do what i want and have the matches i want and trying to and probably help and handpick the opponents he wants to have and if they go against him, it doesn't really matter. He can still just do whatever he wants. Like, if they script him something and he just goes against it, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? They get rid of him? Once again, who cares,
0: you know? So, like – Are they even in the position, though, where they can get rid of him? No,
1: which they aren't. That's why he has they're leverage. Right. Because well, and like, that's
0: my thing, too, where it's like, uh, it, you know, people are like, well, you know, people get burned out on him. They don't like him anymore. You know, we see it time and time again. Whoever's over, they're not over after a while. But like, who, who who's there to take his spot? You know what I mean. Sorry. Like, the reason that Cena got booed out of the building is because there were about twenty five more talented guys that could have took his spot, and he was the chosen one. Um, right. And even like Roman Reigns, I mean, there was Prime AJ Styles and a whole bunch of other people in that company at the time when Roman was getting pushes. So it was a it was a hard transition. Now. Like, well, you're going to be so upset that now Riddle can't be the main event. You're going to be so upset that now Orton can't be the main event. Like, I just don't see it. I think Cody's new, he's fresh. And it's going to be a long time before people are burned out on Cody.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they and have imagine their- if you
0: haven't even been paying attention to the Indies, the AEW nothing. And you remember that Cody Rhodes... And then you're now seeing the new Cody Rhodes. You've got to be thinking like, man, he is so much more cooler than what he used to be. Man, his stuff is so much more different. Man, this guy's awesome. Like, wow, now I see it. Now I see why so many people were Cody Rhodes fans. And Like, it's got to be night and day to you.
1: Yeah, you got to be like, wait, I need to start watching AEW. Like, what are they doing over there to make somebody this cool? Like, wait a second. Um, Right? Yeah, it's – it's it's uh that would be fascinating to talk to somebody who had no knowledge at all of cody what he did when he left but that's the thing is like although cody is making reference to things like stardust on wwe tv and stuff like that his they when they signed cody this time like they were signing a completely different person like this is a the the way the wwe perceives him now i mean they because once again, if this didn't happen, that they're in the same position they're in you just described, except without Cody there. Like, if Roman starts yep. slowing down and there's no Cody, there's just no one to take that place. There so, is,
0: there is a, Riddle and Orton, and you'd have to break up that group to make that happen.
1: Well, yeah, you know, Orton's been doing it for like two decades. Like, this is a right, new, like, 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 this, this yeah. would
0: be the, the, like, break glass we need something safe guy you know yeah. what i mean we're not here to make any risks we're just here to pick somebody that we think can at least carry the ball for now right. um by the way guys we've got 37 people in here right now so if you could please smash that like button if you guys have any more super chats send them our way we'll definitely read them out and uh we got a whole nother hour of the show a lot more to go into and uh I guess we can kind of transition to MJF and I'm going to be a little bit more harsh on Mr. Maxwell Jacob Friedman than I think you will be. But overall, Tony Khan runs a lot of athletic sports as well and I don't see anybody if you're a smart businessman giving somebody more money without commitment to more years mm-hmm. and what it looks like to me is mjf wants more money but he wants to be able to be a free agent in 2024 i think that's unreasonable
1: That is not how it works
0: <laughs> that is not how it works and it sets a terrible precedent for anybody else because then it's like
1: the whole roster is going to want to restructure
0: 100 yeah 100 hey i'm way more over now Hey, I wasn't champion back then. Hey, I wasn't like imagine Sammy Guevara. Like, let's just say hypothetically, he's got like a year left on his deal. Like, hey, I've won the TNT title like two times in the past like six months. Like, where's my money? You know? So I just I just think it's a bad idea. I also think that Man, he better be careful what he wishes for. That's all I can say. Because you are not going to get the platform that you get in AEW. And that doesn't necessarily mean the TV time. You might get the TV time. But I do not think they will let you be MJF over there like you are here. Because one, it is a public public traded company. And imagine that kid doing a meet and greet. And one of the exec's kids goes and meets mm-hmm. him. And see how bad that turns out. Like... I just think that does he make sense in the WWE? Absolutely. And for me, like, I think that this company has rolled out the red carpet for him. I think he's a very different, I think he's a very talented wrestler, right? Not saying any of that. But I am, if I'm Tony Khan, I am 100% okay with letting him go if he is not going to be reasonable.
1: Yeah this is a tough one because i think mjf is like ultra valuable for the future of wrestling like no matter where he's at and for the next like multiple decades because he's still only like 25 or something like that Mm -hmm. um so i think AEW should do whatever they can to keep him but like you said and well i mean here's the other thing like this happens in the ufc all the time the dynamics a little different though because like in the ufc you know they'll they'll do like a like a three fight deal or a five fight deal or something. And then a lot of the time, you know, if maybe the first or second fight of that deal is like a big win against the big opponent. And like, now your value is like way higher. They want to restructure. Cause they're like, well, I mean, now I should get a bigger cut of the pie. I know I signed that deal and all, but like, you're having me fight guys like Dustin Poirier or Nate Diaz or Conor McGregor. It's like, I, you gotta, it's gotta be relative to this, but fighting is also a bit different in a lot of ways. Cause like, you know for one it's real fighting but for two it's like you know you're only doing it a couple times a year there when it comes to these pro wrestling contracts it's kind of the same in the sense of like mjf definitely is way more valuable now than he was when he signed his AEW deal but what i think his discrepancy is is more so it isn't so much about isn't so much about probably being upset with the amount of money he makes. It's probably the amount of money he makes in comparison to guys who are coming from elsewhere that are so like, he probably gets a, a hunch for, you know, what, like Danielson or, um, or Adam Cole, like these kind of guys made when they signed to come over and he's probably like, wait a second. Like I helped build this company. I'm still on the deal for like when like the, like the there was no sure thing about this company even working out. So I signed that deal because you needed people on the roster and I wanted to make full-time money wrestling. And this was my best option. It was your best option at the time, but now things have changed. And if you're going to give wrestler X from the WWE this much more money than what I make, but I'm still – like I'm still in main event storylines and the, the CM Punk feud and the Wardlow feud. And like, you're using me to get over this next guy, Wardlow. And so, and like there's, and, but, but he's been a consistent main event level guy. Cause here's the thing. I think when it comes to, when you're watching AWTV, this is me personally, other people might disagree, but I see, I see MJF on the same level as Danielson. I see MJF on the same level as Hangman. I see him on the same level as Punk. I see him on the same level as all these guys. Um, so he probably should be making comparable money to them, but the problem business wise is that if you're Tony Khan, like you, once again, this isn't how it works, unfortunately, like if if you're not going to get a commitment that you're going to stay, then you have no incentive to pay him more now just to let him leave. Like you're going to yeah. give him the least amount of money you possibly can and then say, all right, bye, but you're not going to. Being like, oh, you want an extra five hundred thousand dollars? Oh, okay, cool. And then you're gonna leave anyways? Okay, yeah, here's all this money. Like, and I'm just right. making up the five hundred thousand dollar number, but the, that you know, y'all get the point. I like, know what you mean. Yeah, it, it's like it's so it, it's tough. And then it, once again, it's, it sets the standard of anyone else who was in AEW towards the beginning that is still on a relatively low deal that doesn't have. You know, it's going to be the same thing where everyone's just going to want to renegotiate. So you can't really set that standard that you can just renegotiate mid contract. But or you can make or you can choose the, the hill to die on if you're Tony, to be honest, like you you could do this for MJF because MJF is a big part of your future and you, you want to do this and you want to make him happy. But the risk you're running is a lot more people on your roster trying to do the same thing. And you're possibly going to upset them if you won't do it for them, but you're going to do it for MJF. So it's tough.
0: Well, and I I agree with Brandon to a certain extent, but I'll say this: if he's making it known at this point, right? I do think it, and let's say they can't come to an agreement. I do think it affects his future. I I'm not giving you the title. If you're going to be like this, like I'm not because I have other people that I know are going to be invested in this company and I'm going to go ahead and promote them and build them up while you're planning your exit strategy, because I feel like if they don't pay him. He's as good as gone. Because. I don't think he's going to wait all the way till free agency and then be like, you know what, guys, just match this offer and I'll be happy to stay if that's the case. And the problem with him is, is he's such a heel and he never breaks character that, like, you're not going to have any sympathy for him when it comes to him. He's always a dick. You don't really know like what his real value is and what he, cause all, and this is the thing too, that I think is kind of stupid to bring up constantly. You're supposed to be MJF. You're supposed to be rich as hell. Why are you complaining about money? You know what I mean? Like it just, I know that he, he was under contract with MLW court. Bauer pays those guys pennies, right? So he wasn't getting a lot of money. And then I know that he signed with AEW. And then I know that he was so super impressive they signed him to an immediate extension with more money. So he's already gotten more money than like what your average guy would get, which makes sense. And and I and I understand what you're saying about him, but I don't know if for an outsider, if you're tuning into AEW, he has the same value as a Ryan Danielson, John Moxley, Adam Cole, all that. Like, granted, when you start to watch the show, there's no way that you're not like, who's this MJF guy? Like, this is impressive. He's really good. You know what I mean? So I get both sides. But I hate the fact that this is even being brought up so far away. I mean, we're talking about January of 2024 when he's available. So it's like, if you really want the money, then sign an extension. And if you don't, then shut up and, and wait till 2024 and you'd be on your way. Because that's just how business works.
1: Yeah, and he would also be a lot more valuable to the WWE in free agency if he, like, was an AEW champion before he was a free agent. You know what I mean? 100%. So, yeah. Um,
0: also, like, do you do you pass on maybe a Brian Danielson title run for MJF? If, like... You know that you only have a year left with Brian Danielson, or you only have a year left with MJF. What do you do? If you know, if you believe MJF is going to leave, they both might leave. Wait, wait. If you you
1: believe they're going to leave, yeah. Well, that's and that's other thing is like the whole other side of this too is after seeing Cody jump ship, like all bets are off. You know what I mean? Like there's no. There's no safe like. But then we is just see Sasha
0: save. and Naomi walk out, so all bets are off on the other side, in my opinion as well. I don't think it's out of the question for like Randy Orton or whoever to just get fed up and just be like, "I want my release," or you know what? I'll I'll be quiet. I won't say anything. My contract is coming up, and I'm not going to resign. Like who? Like Cesaro was just kind of quietly out the door. Didn't really yeah. throw a stink about it. Just all of a sudden, it's like. Yeah, he was a free agent. And he didn't resign. Like, oh, OK. Like, <clears throat> I would not be surprised if we see more stuff like that.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And I also think with Cody, too, a lot of it was like he didn't think that that option would ever be available. Like he thought he burned his bridge. And then when he found out that he didn't, it was like, oh, well, yeah, I'd love to come back. You know, it, the like, bridge
1: isn't burnt, and I get to be John Cena and I get to beat Roman for the title and win the title that my family's never won and make right, more money. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> like I think I'll do that. Well, and I, at the, it's simultaneously happening is I'm getting overshadowed by people coming over from that company. So now there's all the spots are open. So I can just go over there instead because now right. all their stars are here. <laughs> so, right. um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it is still 18 months away. If I was MJF i uh here's the thing <laughs> this is i'm not gonna sit here and be like it's all storyline because i don't think it is but yeah if anyone is gonna do something like this as far as like because if because if this even is real and they do wind up signing him for an extension or or whatever the case and he winds up staying in AEW, he's gonna totally use this in in like on the show i mean he's gonna be out there talking about how he bent Tony Khan over a barrel, and like they're, you know, they they he he forced Tony Khan to give him the money he he wanted because he was gonna go to the WWE, and then like you know what I mean? They can turn it into something on TV if, but, but I, here I I don't think that, I don't know. It's tough because he'd be so perfect for the WWE if they let him do what he does. But I really want him to stay in AEW because he could he could be the top heel in that company for like forever. Like I I just, God, it would, it would suck. It would suck to see him go to WWE and then that not work out and just see the, just the squandering of like, what could have been, you know, he goes over there and he just becomes like Malcolm Bivens or something. You know what I mean? Like they just don't do anything with them or don't know what to do with them or they don't know them have good matches or they had they change his character or they do something to just totally screw it up. And then you're just sitting there for the next, you know, three or five years of a contract just being like, damn, if he was an AEW, he'd be the world champion and the top guy and like the world would be his if he would have just stayed. Yeah. Like I know, and I or well, you we might go to the WWE and like they're like, Hey, when, when Cody can't keep doing this, you're the next guy. It's like that might happen too for him, for all we know. So
0: Yeah. Well, and the thinking with him too is I think AEW deserves a lot of credit for him, though. Like, they've really protected him. He's hardly ever lost the entire time he's been there. They've built him up, they've put him in huge programs. Um, So, it's a two way street. Like, yes, he definitely has helped AEW, but AEW has absolutely helped him, too. So, it's one of those things where, like, it would be unfortunate for it to end in such a like bitter way. But I also think that like he is not one that is like irreplaceable. I I do think his character and that part is irreplaceable. I do think that he is like I think he's an incredible talent. Don't get me wrong, but I also think that like AEW knows how to build guys. AEW knows how to um, book their talent to where they would be okay if they lost him.
1: No, I agree because it's the same way with Cody. Like I think AEW is a better show with Cody, but like it isn't. It hasn't become a worse show without him. If that makes sense, like, like it's. I think AEW is just as good now as it was with Cody being there. It's just I, I do miss seeing Cody on the show. But MJF would probably be the same kind of thing. I'd be bummed out that he wasn't there, but like the show wouldn't get any worse. Um,
0: I'll say this though, MJF has been a way bigger factor in AEW than Cody was. In yeah. my opinion, but no, like, I agree
1: because the code, the Cody verse stuff was like its own thing, right? But, but no, MJF, MJF, has
0: been... MJF really got a big rub from Cody in the beginning to really put him over as a heel, like he was like, you know, best friends with him and all that. And then he turned on him, cost him to ever get the belt again. I mean, and that's one thing that they should have totally revisited that at some point. I mean, they had three years and they only had that one feud and it was over. And uh, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that didn't go right with the Cody AEW run. And that's one thing I kind of wanted to talk about too was, so StarCast is going to be on SummerSlam weekend in Nashville. StarCast was something that started, not started, but they did for the very beginning of AEW. Mm -hmm. They also were there for All Out in Chicago so they were in Vegas in Chicago Conrad is buddies with Cody add up you're starting to see the differences of like what they thought how things were gonna go and then how things changed and I just think that's another another sign that shows that like oh so Cody's over there now. We'll go over there. And if Cody can build that bridge between them of WWE, because there were there were a lot of cool things that they wanted to do at StarCast or Double or Nothing that they took away from them. Like they were going to have Scott Hall and Shawn Michaels each side of a ladder. Mm-hmm. And then you were going to be able to do a photo op with that. They were going to have The Undertaker and, and a lot of that. And they had to pull it when they found out about the whole AEW weekend. So now that that's available in for SummerSlam weekend in Nashville, I'm kind of curious to see how much WWE will actually help that event.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, there could definitely be a Cody link there for sure as to like how this all got done. Just like I think there's going to be a Cody link for people coming over from AEW to WWE and that kind of stuff. And the fan yep. base. I mean, a freaking yep. Cody counter, Cody countdown. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Um, if I do go to Nashville for Summerslam, which I'm highly considering because I I, I've talked to you about it, but I want to go to GCW in Nashville. I want to go. I'll go to Summerslam. I'll I'll be there if they announce Cody versus Roman for the title. Like I'll definitely like if I have a chance of being there live for Cody to win the WWE Championship. Like I'm going to be there. Um, and I'll be crying in the stands if he wins it. Like it'll be. The, DQ, the most DQ the, finish oh my god if he wins it'll be the most emotional i've ever been watching wrestling it'll just be wild and then i also as crazy as it is and we're we're talk about it tonight we can kind of segue into it here in a minute but i i want to go see Ric flair versus ricky steamboat at the nashville fairgrounds <laughs> just to say i was there when it happened um but uh because i love the nashville fairgrounds it's one of my favorite venues to watch wrestling um and so I'd want to go to that, but I'd I'd also check out Starcast, you know, as well. So there there would be um there'd be a lot of cool stuff for me to do in Nashville outside of just you know WWE stuff. So yeah, you want to talk about Flair and Steam? You want to do some super chats? And then we can talk about Flair and Steamboat wrestling. Yeah, but let's just get this straight. You're excited to see Rick Flair back in the ring. Well, I'm not saying I'm excited. I'm just saying I've been calling this for a while. And like, it is happening. Like when he but was about Omega. Excited. I'm gonna be a little excited. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit it after the Super Chats. I don't wanna forget about these mm. I would mean, disagree with you, son. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, I don't, I know, I know we had a Super Chat like way earlier. I don't wanna- Yeah, like, yeah, miss yeah. It.
0: And it's about the GOAT, so we can definitely talk about that. Um, okay. Here we go dirty as always i appreciate it especially when you're going to bring up will osprey right there <laughs> for me um if will osprey comes to aew what should his first feud be i'll let you go first since i'm a as much as you love cody i love osprey so you you can go ahead
1: osprey and aew like top pick the first one that comes to mind for me would be like ray phoenix like something like that like someone that's just like crazy good in the ring and do a whole bunch of crazy flips and stuff like that too yeah um let's see i don't want to I, I know you're gonna have a list but i want to throw a couple more out there <laughs> um that i haven't seen because we've seen like him in mox and stuff and it was great but like I'm trying to think of stuff i haven't really seen um <sighs> Him and Jungle Boy would be good, like, because that'd be so different. Like, that's a guy you would never think would wrestle him. Like I, That I'd would like be a good
0: match. That I would mean, be a
1: good match. Obviously CM Punk. I mean, like, obviously. Uh, Hangman cool. Page, obviously. I mean, like, that those would kind of That would be, like, that would be really
0: cool because they're both similar. They're both kind of close to the same age. Not similar as in, um, like, style, but just similar as in, like, kind of like young up and rising stars.
1: Yeah, you throw out your list. I mean, any of the top AEW stars would... Oh, Darby, uh, as Dial F for film says. him. And, I, I, that, that'd be way out there for me.
0: I would yeah. tell you this. Will might out-crazy Darby. I'm not kidding. Like, they are both bona fide nuts. And I don't think Will gets enough credit for how crazy he is. So, I, you put him and Darby in, like, a false Count Anywhere match... Or a lights-out match. Give, give him and Darby a lights-out match. Oh, boy.
1: That would be wild. Yeah. Um, that's like way... That, that'd probably be like my top would be him and Darby. Him and Samoa Joe would be interesting, too. Totally different, but...
0: Yeah. So, I mean, number one for me is Kenny Omega. Like, Or oh, dumb. of course. Like, I just didn't think
1: about him because he hasn't been on TV for so long. Right. But yeah, obviously, that's, that's like the one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I do think it would be interesting if Osprey could be a TNT champion, and then he could de- constantly defend the belt. I think that he would come out with just banger matches. He would get that belt so over. Um, so I think that would be whoever carries that. So I, I personally would probably prefer him and Sammy Guevara over him and Scorpio sky. Even though I don't know where they're going with that. Do you think this is going to pay-per-view another one? Sammy Guevara and Scorpio sky.
1: Maybe. Cause yeah, I saw that. Um, I didn't get to watch the full show, but I saw that um, Scorpio wound up like doubling down on being a heel, and like he's still aligned with Ethan and Dan Lambert, even though it looked like he was going to be turning babyface. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's I'm interesting.
0: Gonna, yeah, I think that whole thing has fallen flat, and and getting, having the title go back and forth between the same people, it's just kind of. A lot of people are losing interest in that. And
1: and once again, I think the most interesting piece of all this is Ethan Page, and he's like the one in the background, (laughs) right? Which is kind of weird,
0: right? And it it sounded like it was going to be him and Page Van Sant versus Sammy and uh, Ty, and that seems like Page isn't ready for it or whatever.
1: The Meltzer was saying so that's and that wouldn't be surprising. I mean, no, not at all. It's a little. It's one thing to
0: run in than to actually have a match.
1: And and it's and it's different than like the uh, than like the you know JDS Arlovsky type stuff because like Paige is actually signed to AEW but they want her for like the long term as a part of their women's roster. So I don't think they want to like if they don't feel like she's ready. There's they're really screwing up an investment potentially. Whereas like you know if like Arlovsky sucks, they're just like well it's a one off. So like who really cares you know. But I think I think they want to make sure that Paige is going to be looking good uh, for the long run for them.
0: Yeah. Um, I So, yeah, all those Osprey matches, I really want to see Osprey and Brian Danielson. I just think that that's a dream match. Brian Danielson has been wanting it for a long time too, so I'd love to see that. Maybe even Forbidden Door, hey. Um, but uh, speaking of Forbidden Door, I was watching the New Japan Capital Collision show. This mm-hmm. weekend, and Suzuki was out there and uh, he wrestled Brody King. It was a pretty good match. The Eddie Kingston Ishii match was really yeah. good. I watched the
1: show. Yeah, it was a really good. Show. Yeah, okay.
0: So, um, I, 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 it just like hit me a perfect Forbidden Door match Suzuki versus
1: Sting. I mean, I am 1 billion percent down for that.
0: <laughs> like, Because it's so much just about chops and, like, strong forearms, and then you can mix in some stinger splashes. You can mix in a a scorpion death drop here or there. Like, Suzuki could no-sell it. Like, just a good, like, 8 to 10-minute match. Wouldn't require a bunch of bumping. And I think the crowd would love it. Like, I think that that match would really work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I saw on BTE, I think it was on BTE a few weeks ago. I don't know if you, you saw this episode, but um Dark Order like came across Suzuki on BTE and like Silver was like, Oh man, Sting looks weird with that space paint. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh You're already
0: dropping the hint. Yeah.
1: So um <laughs> but but I mean I mean y'all can't see with the camera here, but I mean I might be getting a little bit excited oh, wow. over here thinking about this idea but um but no yeah give me give me sting versus suzuki um give me sting versus nick gage while you're at it i mean for the same exact reasons just i'm just gonna go out there and hardly do anything against each other just, but but enough that everyone just goes absolutely insane watching it yeah so, yeah i'd love it i'd love it give, well, yeah, give me they, suzuki versus Sting. like i
0: said it wouldn't take very much time it's a huge match that people would love it's it, it represents both sides and, and then, like, that could be Sting's, like, first singles match back. Like, I I just think it would work. I think it would go. Yeah.
1: I mean, I love that idea. It's yeah. so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Speak it
0: into existence.
1: Yeah. Oh, Romeo. Don't, don't even put that into the universe. Sting versus evil. Yeah, we don't. I, I have not met one person. I brought this up on multiple platforms. I have not met one person ever, ever that I can think of that likes evil. I haven't found one evil fan ever. (laughs) I give him credit for
0: like what he used to be to how he like made himself evil, but he like should never have been the guy. But I will say this, like when I was at the G1 press conference in Dallas, he was pretty over like with the the New Japan fans. And I I was kind of confused. I was like, really evil? But I don't know. So yeah. I, but I, but I do think though that like people like him more as like kind of an up and coming guy than being the guy. Like that'll, that'll get you done. So, um, Chris with the super chat, I appreciate Chris. Uh, with both companies do to get substantial increase in TV rights next year, it's safe bet that will also translate to higher contracts for talent. So as Doug just said, all bets are off. Now, I mean, I agree. Like, it, and this is the thing too, is. We're talking about like salaries that pro wrestling has never even heard of before that's about to be dropping. Like I don't think it's crazy that guys can make five million a year. and then it's like what part of their cut are they getting on merch? What part like all that stuff is <laughs> is their expenses gonna start to get paid? Do they have to pay for their hotel or their rental car because aew, you don't. so do I have to do that here? and then like there's just gonna be, so many more negotiation tactics. And then if money starts to get that big, then you could see bigger names and you know, guys in MMA or whoever, maybe even football players that are like, I've had enough of this. I can make this over here instead. Like, I just think more opportunities will open up, especially if you start to see that window of like, oh, if I'm here for so long, then I can get into movies or Hollywood or whatever. Like uh I just think once they start making pretty serious money it's going to become more lucrative and in WWE the standard isn't as high like you you just need to be entertaining but you don't have to be Kenny Omega or Will Ospreay in the ring you know what i mean so you
1: don't have to be good at pro wrestling you just have to be good on camera for them like doing whatever right. they, they whatever kind of like acting they want you to do or whatever um Speaking of the TV contracts, wanted to bring this up real quick before I forgot. I saw the XFL just sign, like, a five-year deal with, like, ESPN or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. good for them. I mean, like, I obviously like, it's not going to be, like, something where, like, NFL players are going to be, like, trying to get to the XFL, but that's that seems more promising than, like, all these other attempts at making, like, a football – another football brand.
0: Right. Yeah, no, it, it... – to me, though, it's like your 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 league is as good as your players. And if your players suck, I just don't see a lot of people being that invested in the league. But I will be interested at like the marketing if they change some
1: rules, like
0: what would it be that way?
1: I think what's gonna be I don't know if it'll work, but I think what they're counting on is sports betting because that gives football fans like year round opportunity to gamble on football. And I think that that is going to drive viewership. I don't, I I don't think, I mean, obviously I'm not saying it's going to be like successful like the NFL is, you know, who knows how many people wind up really watching it. But I think a lot of the interest is going to be people that are, that are gambling on football that like love doing it for the NFL. Hey, I've already put money down on the Vikings winning the super bowl. I took them at, I think, uh, I think a plus 4,000 when I, when I did it. So, I mean, why not? Right. But, but I, uh, and I live in a state where you're not allowed to sports bet, so this is all alleged. Like allegedly, I might be getting way more into gambling lately. Allegedly, <laughs> so um, so yeah, I'll uh, you start you start doing the shoot job, you know what I mean? It's like the the income, and it's like the okay, I have stuff to play around with now, and it's making a lot of these sports a lot more interesting. Allegedly, so um, yeah. so anyways, I I think that that's a big part for the XFL is they're going to be on uh, TV that everyone can watch through ESPN. And I think a lot of people that like gambling are gonna even if they don't know the players, they're gonna be gambling on the games. I think maybe, maybe even some sort of fantasy football stuff. But once again, that's tough when you don't know any of the players. But I don't know. I, as as we both do, like we love American football. Um yeah. I want I I hate, hate, hate that the NFL offseason is as long as it is. Yeah um and I'm down for more football. Even though I don't know the players, if I can throw a little bit of money allegedly on some of these games and just kick back and watch some football when the NFL isn't around, you know, a lot of people will, have tried, but hopefully this works this time.
0: I will say this though, because AEW has been so good, like it's definitely made football not as long as a wait for me. Like, because back then it was like, okay, we don't really have a lot to look forward to. I mean, now it's like, AEW every Wednesday, and then you mixed in with some crazy indie shows and some New Japan shows, with some UFC, and then AEW pay-per-view. And, you know, like, we'll we'll be in, in August before we know it, and then it's preseason, and then here we go. So um it, it, it's definitely uh, – that's one thing I'm grateful for with AEW is it's definitely helped things go by faster.
1: Yeah, when you have um, that plus the UFC year-round, like – we're lucky that yep. we're fans of stuff like our two favorite things, and you can lump in football for us too. I, I know you love your Cowboys, like I love my Vikings, but yep. two of my favorite three things to watch for entertainment are year-round. So I'm very yep. fortunate for that with MMA and pro wrestling.
0: Yeah, for sure. One thing I wanted to talk about too is uh, what is up with Osprey's gimmick right now? He basically loses every match due to controversy. Yeah, and I I don't like it
1: me either it's it's ruining it's ruining some good matches unfortunately like yeah um, because even if he was losing the matches without controversy they would still be great matches like that you like the the mox one was especially frustrating because he lost to the death rider one two three but kicked out at three but there was controversy on that but then moxley just choked him out right after the bell anyways and it was like oh so you would have lost anyways like, but if you point. watch
0: this the next match moxley does the exact same thing tries to choke him out and Osprey fights it off for a while so then it was like oh okay so he wouldn't have tapped immediately so then he has more of an argument like that's how they kind of booked it but I will say that it has to come to something right like eventually he's going to go on a win streak or or something like, I don't know, and I'll say this: I wasn't the biggest fan of Juice Robinson in the in in the Bullet Club and all that, but his promos have been pretty damn good, and he, he's a he's a guy that when he is a hundred percent into it, like he takes it more serious, and he will take some some bumps, and he'll really put. It. I thought they had a great match. It just like I said, the the all the finishes because. Osprey's foot's under the rope. Because Osprey's actually kicked out, like, these matches shouldn't have ended. He got screwed in the Zack Sabre Jr. match in the G1 as well. I have a feeling it's going to be him and Juice for the U.S. title um, in in that, in in, in, uh, Dominion. And I think he's going to lose that also because I just don't think Juice is just going to win the title just to lose it. So, I'm not sure. I'm loving the direction of what they're doing with Osprey, but I will say that... uh, did you watch his West Coast Pro match with the that guy? Uh I don't know his name. I didn't get to see it.
1: I'm trying to think of It was on much. a Friday. I I'm almost positive I watched it, but I've watched a lot over the last week. I'm trying to remember who that Here I can look up the card real quick. Um cuz I'm trying trying to remember um Oh, and also just for what it's worth, I was shocked that Juice Robinson won that match. Like I know she I know he's had like the recent heel turn and all that stuff, but when it was like he beat Moxley, Tanahashi, and Osprey, I was like, Yeah, they're really getting behind him.
0: uh and by the way, Tanahashi, uh, he needs to hit the gym. He's looking he's looking pretty soft. It's it's <laughs> there's there's like ripped Tanahashi and then there's soft Tanahashi, and right now he's definitely soft, so. We're going into the forbidden door. You got about a month, Tanahashi. Like tighten it up a little bit.
1: So this was the show from the thirteenth. Oh, ill Mannered. Yeah, I definitely watched this because I had this as my recommended show on IWTV. This. Oh, Titus Alexander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this yeah. kid, he he's kind of like the. Um, I've actually seen Righteous Reg on Twitter compare him to like kind of like TNA AJ Styles a little bit. Um, okay like Titus Titus is really good. He's been getting a a lot of looks in the West Coast. Like West Coast Pro uses him a lot, but he hasn't done like a ton in like the Southeast and like the Northeast and stuff. But yeah. no, that that was no that was that was really good. It was like a 15 minute match. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah, Titus Alexander's got a super bright future.
0: Okay. Yeah, cuz Osprey wrestled on Friday. And then on Saturday he had New Japan uh, Capital Collision, and then on Sunday he wrestled Homicide in New Japan Philly tapings. So, um, and then in a couple of weeks he has Low Key and Davey Richards. So he's got a he's got a sick lineup, and um, I'm loving it. So I like that he's more active. I just uh, hope he becomes a bigger role in New Japan. Um, I guess if you want to go back and uh, talk about rick flair we can we can do that
1: i can do that real quick yeah and then we can give you some more super chats thank you michael for your super chat we will get to that here in just a minute appreciate you um appreciate everyone who's in here tonight by the way for episode 50 of live rounds um yeah so the so the rick flair thing especially because it's ricky steamboat like that's he was saying it's probably gonna be a tag team match which makes sense
0: Also, real quick, this is like a one-night stand for Jim Crockett productions, like Jim Crockett Wrestling. Right. So they're gonna make it look like Jim Crockett promotions, they're gonna make this thing old school. This is a one-time deal, so they say. And um, it's gonna be part of Starcast SummerSlam weekend, which is smart. Because I don't think that Flair would draw that well, just doing its own thing. Like I think, and it's no offense to him, but it's like the TNA thing, right? You can stack it all you want, but like without the proper card, the proper promotion, all this stuff, like it just doesn't do well. So I do think by having already a built-in fan base that's going to be there that weekend, it should definitely help.
1: I think if i think you're freak flair i get. love
0: that you're laughing just when you're about to talk because you know how ridiculous this is about okay. so
1: rickety cricket in the chat who by the way great username love always sending philadelphia i actually was watching an episode earlier today um i've watched every episode many many times but i was watching some during work today where rickety cricket uh is is slurping up the uh the lemons like it's really good stuff. So good, good, good name, Ricky Cricket. Um if so maybe maybe Ricky Steamboat said, F this, like, I'm sorry, I love you, I love you, Flair, but like I'm not getting into this. Um if Rick Flair can wrestle. Okay, now I now I've seen the video of him and Jay Lethal, Lethal. Right. And he's moving very slowly, Woo. very slowly. I think that Matt Cardona should put him over for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. <sighs> And then and then and then call it a career,
0: and have him like retire the
1: belt. Just have him, just have him retire. Yeah, right there as the nwa World Heavyweight Champion. Like no one cares. I, I mean, mean, it's
0: not it's not the worst idea. I'm, I'm not. I just. Ric Flair is seventy three. No, years I
1: know him. it's it's ridiculous. I don't and, don't get me wrong. I and know he's
0: had multiple heart issues and like mm-hmm. it, does anything about the. Does anything about the the health
1: concern you? No, only because I think if he had it his way, he'd die in the ring, anyways. I know that sounds kind of grim, I agree. but like no, but I, I don't agree. like like I kind of feel like if he doesn't care about his own health, why should I? I know that sounds kind of messed up to say that, but like yeah. I mean, at the, at this point, who what, what can anyone really do? Like, the guy's 73 years old with all well, these... Well, it's like, let's ambitions. just say that he had he, a great wants time. Still, like, let's, you know? just, let's just
0: say that this is a great time for him. He's not going to want to leave. He's going to want to do it again. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's... Somebody's got to be like, it's over. You know what I mean? But he's Ric Flair. And I get it, you know? And, I mean, but he's 73. And then... Is Steamboat doing this or not?
1: I I I don't know. I that was the rumor, but right. Might not I've heard to that too. But they said some. This.
0: He's saying that it, that he refused. If if that's the case, then then I guess. But like like if you go back and look at, I think it was like twenty eighteen. Steamboat had a brain bleed, and yeah. then Jake Roberts just recently said that Steamboat in April. Jake Roberts said that Steamboat's in bad shape, like just health wise. So like that part a little concerning. So I I I just I just and then also if you're gonna do this whole card, like what what are, what are we putting on there? Like are we putting guys that you think could be would would have worked for Jim Crockett promotions? You bring out the rock and roll express. Like I, I, I just don't know. I don't I don't know what what the goal is of this? Because like when Starcast, right? They have multiple attraction shows where it's like you know we're gonna talk about Owen or we're gonna talk about ECW or whatever. And people like with their bracelets, they get to go in, or the, you know you buy a ticket, whatever you want to do. And that's like kind of what this is. But this seems like it's gonna be a, a much bigger deal than that. So it's it's interesting. It's interesting. I mean. part of me it, it by watching this I feel just a little bit like I'm giving in to flair's kind of like sick addiction that mm-hmm. he just can't and so that that kind of makes me feel guilty but at the same time like it's it's almost like a make- a wish type thing right like it, it's like his dying wish like he doesn't want to Go out before he has one more match, so it just is what it is, and I just hope for the best. But I wouldn't say I'm necessarily excited about it, but I am curious to see what all they have planned for that show. And yeah. does a show like that work in 2022?
1: When who are the tag partners going to be? If it's going to be a tag, right? Act? Who are they like, even working? Yeah, like because seeing it, I mean. Sorry, not Sting. I mean, Sting and Flair would make sense, too. But, like, I don't think that... With Sting being with AEW, I think AEW doesn't want to be attached to Ric Flair because of the Dark Side uh, episode and all that stuff. But, like, I mean, I could see... I mean, I could see them doing Steamboat and Flair just one-on-one, potentially, just because Flair always talks about Steamboat being, like, the best, like, pure babyface ever in wrestling and like his favorite opponent and all this stuff and like who better to to to, to go out against and but it's also sad because like they're going to be just such shells of what they yes. were
0: yes. and
1: you what but here's the thing if if they're if if flair's out there and he's just old and he's just moving slow but that's all it is that's acceptable uh, what what i don't want is like a scott hall looking type situation yeah. where like i know it's different because hall was all drugged up but like i don't want to see someone in like that kind of state that like can like can't even move and like they like, can't even get into the ring and this was like totally out of it and just like making a complete embarrassment of themselves
0: i i really don't think conrad would would let flair do it if if like it was that bad like i think somebody would just be like you're just it's not gonna work and we'll do something else don't worry about it you know what i mean yeah um yeah, I don't. I don't think it would get to that point. Like, I not. think, I think he's gonna hit all his spots, man. I think he's gonna hit all his spots, whether it's slow or not. But personally, I think he needs to be in the ring with somebody that can go, so they can kind of carry him. And but I think Cardona it's not would not so sense. bad. Like no, Cardona, Card-, you know, Card. I mean, do you do Brian Myers and Cardona? Like, it's or- not
1: yeah it's not uh, yeah I, I mean or i mean i'm even saying like they could do cardona and flair one-on-one for the title if if cardona can just if anyone's going to be able to pull it off it might be cardona because of like the respect and he'll, he would he'll have sell, he'll sell his
0: ass off for flair i
1: mean flair's retirement match like dropping the nwa world title to him like that would like i think i think cardona would make it work i mean i've seen cardona wrestle some some fairly limited wrestlers on the indies like that you know not all i mean most of y'all know me i love indie wrestling but i've seen wrestle right. a couple guys in you know recent months where i'm like not very they're not very good and cardona yeah. makes it good it's yeah. like you know if flair can go out there and just throw some chops and cardona just sells his ass off and flair can put in a figure four that's probably all he needs to do like i mean for flair he'll probably want to do the thing I where poke. he does yeah i, I poke. Poke, little the little oh don't don't come out every low blow He's um,
0: getting tossed. He's getting tossed off the top, off of the top, rope. top turnbuckle, th- right? Take he'll that. do the figure four. He'll he'll beg for mercy, please God. You know, then the eye poke, um, and he will zip. <laughs> uh, yep, he'll he <laughs> yeah. And and uh, yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to do a lot, and the crowd's gonna be there for every move for him because they know it's his last. So I, I don't think he has to, do it, but I think it's important who he's in the ring with. I really Absolutely. do
1: absolutely because if it's someone who's no good or can't make him look good it's going to be an absolute disaster I and agree. you know this is no regardless we're not going to get you know vintage Ric flair out of this like that's just absolutely physically impossible but if this can be anything other than bad it's a win probably like if, if, if you come out of this match even being like you know what that wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be that's probably the best we're going to get like right. just being realistic um but once again, it's if his opponent see that I was, I really thought they were gonna do Omega versus Ric Flair like a year or so ago, um when they were like when when Flair was chopping him and Triple A and all that stuff because I was like, Omega could, is the kind of guy who can just sell his ass off to such a level that he can make Flair look credible by doing nothing, like yeah. Omega can literally wrestle blow up dolls and, and yeah. it's an entertaining like so he can have a match with Ric Flair, so. And I think Cardona could pull something like that off too, potentially. But um, but like if it's like Ric Flair versus Ricky Morton or Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat or Rick Fla- you know, Ric Flair versus uh, one one of these other guys that's like around his age, it's gonna just be like watching two dudes who like you know were at their peak in the eighties, you know, which would just yeah. be kind of sad to watch, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: no, I'm with you.
1: All right. Back to the Super Chats. Michael Young,
0: 999. Appreciate it, bud. Um, who are you guys' uh, final prediction for the Jokers? I'm going Cesaro Gargano and Athena Laray. Congrats on 50. Live Brown's best wrestling content on YouTube. Thank you guys for all that you do. I appreciate it, Michael. Thanks for tuning in every week, man. I really do yeah. appreciate that. Um, I'm going to be there tomorrow, so I'm, I'm ready to pop. And... Uh, I I think it's going to be the Garganos. I think it's going to be both of them. I think it's Johnny and I think it's Candace. And if the young bucks kind of hinted at it too, because it showed Candace getting super kicked on their header for a couple of days on Twitter. And then Candace showed it showed Candace, uh, suplexing Matt Jackson to the turnbuckles. So it's kind of like a shot there. Um, and uh they're they're big fans of Candace, so that makes all the sense in the world for her to come to AEW. And uh with Johnny, it's been a while, man. And he's he's starting to seem like he was getting itchy. When uh he was at WrestleCon, you could kind of tell that it was in the air. And then ever since he's come back, it's kind of like, yeah, I could go either way. And he's even talking about possibly wrestling at GCW or whatever. So um I match wise and finals wise i would prefer it to be cesaro because i think cesaro and joe would be awesome i think cesaro and adam cole in the finals would be sick um we've seen adam cole and johnny gorgano before and that's probably what the finals would be not saying that those matches are bad but i doubt they have a better match than what they've had to take over and but there is different stakes right is for the owen and all that stuff so I've loved this tournament by the way. Um but yeah, I, I think I think it's gonna be Johnny if I had to pick.
1: I think it will be too. And I'm with you also. Like I'm between him and Cesaro, but um see I I honestly didn't even realize that Candace was out of her deal, also. I didn't realize that she actually was out yeah. from the WWE. Yep. Um so I could definitely see it being both of them. I guess the real question would be if it's going to be both of them, do you do you do Johnny first, like for like the big pop? And then like you kind of have a pretty good idea it's going to be Candace later on, or do you do Candace and then just like build that anticipation of like well it's Candace, like so we know it's gonna be Johnny. So it's you're kind of giving it away, but like the pop's gonna be massive. And people are probably gonna turn tune in and be like, yo, Candace was on. She was the Joker for the women, and, like, the men's matches is coming up. Like, it's probably going to be Johnny. Yeah. I got to tune in, you know?
0: Well, th- this is the thing. We get four matches of that tournament tomorrow. And, I mean, it's Kyle O'Reilly, Ray Phoenix, which is going to be sick. It, and, and I remember sitting at home, and, like, when they were announcing it, I'm like, holy crap, I'm getting all this? So it's that, both Joker matches, and then Adam Cole and Jeff Hardy as well. And then – uh, Adam Page versus uh, Takashita, like, oh, like this what a card is stacked tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and and I don't know what's going to main event. I mean, Adam Page and Takashita, in my opinion, is going to be the opener. Um, and I I don't know. Like, I think CM Punk's going to come out to open the the like get his pop right off the bat then go to commentary Then it'll be adam page and, and takashita and then i feel like ray phoenix and kyle O'Reilly will happen somewhere in the beginning but main event it's either going to be in my opinion the joker or it's going to be adam cole and jeff hardy
1: yeah that that all makes sense i i think it'll be the joker match will be the main event but i mean they're all great options that's just, that's just stacked. I mean, that's AEW Dynamite every week. They're just such a damn good company that like everyone says like this. of
0: Dynamite every week, how sick was Darby Allen versus Jeff Hardy? That match yep. was freaking awesome. Yep. And what I loved about it was, is they knew that this isn't, the fans don't want just a regular wrestling match. They want no rules, just go for it. And they got it and it was you know what it kind of reminded me of? It kind of reminded me of like Brock and Goldberg at WrestleMania, but like of high spots, like just the moment that bell rings, boom, let's go, and they just went for it. It's like, like a video game where Adam's they mind.
1: they all start with like a bunch of finishers loaded up before the bell even rings, and it's just like hit all your just hit all your stuff, like unlimited finishers. I the, the Darby spot off the ladder. To the, ta- to the to the to uh, the chairs. chairs. Outside. That was the spot of the the night by far. That was the insane. year. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. Yeah, I, the only thing I didn't like about that match was the finish because I was because he took the oh, yeah, coffin he drop. Like, held his leg well, yeah. when he, And he coffin drop. Yeah, like, no sold it. Move. I mean, just boomed after all this, and then he just like yeah, just no sold for like the crucifix pin. And I was like ah uh, oh like uh, Darby should have just won, but. Yeah, but outside of that, I mean, that was awesome. And you know they'll run that back in the future. Like, that's that's not the only time we'll ever have this match, I'm sure. So, I mean, we're going to get yeah. the Hardys versus Sting and Darby at some point as well, clearly. So, like, yeah. 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 It'll be
0: interesting because we're definitely heading towards Hardys and Young Bucks. Um, for the pay-per-view, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I think we're going to get Joe and, and um, Jay Lethal for the pay-per-view also. Yeah. Um, And I'm trying to think of uh, some of the other ones, but like I said, this tournament's been awesome. If if this is the first way to go the first year and like, if this is the standard that it sets, it's, it's really great. So props to AEW as always. Um, Got a few more super chats here. Sweet. Alex, appreciate the super chat. Um, How often has rigging in sports ever come to mind? Wow,
1: that's different. Uh, um, I, I mean, I can say real quick that I mean, yeah, go ahead. Like in, uh, like when I th- when the when, when the first thing that comes to mind when it, this is like the Tim Donaghy stuff, like the basketball yeah. referees that like got caught, like they it was proven that they were point shaving yeah. and like calling fouls and whatnot and targeting players. So it's something that definitely happens. But when it comes to like combat sports, I'm never one of those people that's like. Oh, he threw the fight. Oh, he got knocked out cold because he threw the fight. Like I, I never like when Jake Paul knocks people out, I'm not like, oh, this is rigged like it because I don't think that it is. But I think I think that rigging in sports is a real thing. But there's also a lot of ways to detect it now, especially with social media now, because I think if like a referee is consistently like calling a certain thing a certain way, so many people would talk about that, that like. You just wouldn't be able to get away with it like they used to be able to. So I guess at the end of the day, I think it still exists to some degree, but like it's been proven like that it it exists. But I don't think it exists in combat sports as much as like kind of the casual audience does when like certain fights go certain ways. If that makes sense.
0: I'll say this too. Um, I also think that it's based on circumstance, and what I mean by that is. How much pressure is on them based on what happened previously? So, for example, they totally miss a call one week in a game. It's on ESPN. It's on it's on Sports Center or uh, every morning show. First take Steve uh, Stephen A and Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp are talking about. Like everybody's talking about, it, right? And it's blown up. I feel like that the refs would absolutely call the play different because of what happened previously and i'll give you an example so the cowboys when they played the detroit lions in the playoffs in 2014 matthew stafford threw a pass it hit anthony hitchens back he did not turn around they threw a flag for pass interference and then they just picked up the flag and then matthew Stafford was pissed off and talked about oh there's some home cooking going on and all this stuff Anyways, we ended up winning the game, and Stafford can say whatever he wants, but he fumbled the ball twice due to Demarcus Lawrence sacks, so that's on him. But anyways, the next week, because of all the controversy that people thought that that should have been called pass interference, I think that is why they ruled the Des catch the way that they did, because of the pressure that was done. So it's like, I wouldn't necessarily say they're rigged, but i do think based on certain circumstances they call games for what happened prior and it might benefit the other team when it has absolutely nothing to do with their performance well,
1: that that was a big part of the donahue stuff in the in the nba betting scandals and all that was that cuz i've listened to a lot of like his interviews and stuff and like he was talking about how like there would be it'd be a similar situation where like Uh, The, the, a a big call would get missed or a certain player would be like against the league. So there would be certain tells basically, because the referees would have referee meetings like in the afternoon or whatever, before the games. And they would be told in the room, like Allen Iverson is a problem for us right now or whatever player, but I'm just saying Allen Iverson has been a problem for us with what he's been saying this, this or that. He he technically is carrying the ball every time he dribbles, but we never call carrying, but call it on him tonight. And and when yep. Donahue would hear that, he would place his bets and go, hey, the 76ers, I'm going to take them to lose or take whatever the point spread is or whatever and be like, because he knows that ball is not going to be in Iverson ha- Iverson's hands long because every time he touches it, he's going to get called for traveling and they're going to stop throwing the ball to him. And he's going to probably lose his mind and get some sort of technical foul. And like, so they're thinking ahead of like, okay, this happened. There, there was a, there was a, uh, maybe there was a bunch of moving screens that didn't get called the game before and the league had to focus it and they're going, so Donahue's going, okay, we have, we, we are being required to make sure we are calling those moving screens. Which players are going to be most affected by that? Okay. Bet against that team. You know, like, so that's, that's how they could kind of figure it out. Like Donahue basically said he never like really cheated during the game for anybody he just knew what all the referees were being told to look for. And then he would place bets based on what was being targeted basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, like I said, there's definitely times where you're like, huh, that that doesn't seem right. Well, and what's interesting too, is you're dealing with guys that this isn't their full-time job. This is just something that they do over the summer or or over the winter or whatever. It's not like their full-time job. So if you can like, be offered substantial money to throw a game when you only make, like, let's just say hypothetically $250,000 or whatever it is. Like, I mean, I think that they can be bought off. So it, it, it's, uh it's true. But I will say with technology, you can, you can spot someone that's trying to do some fishy st- stuff a lot more now because there's so many replays and like, you can't just blatantly say like, I didn't see anything. That's fine. Like, no, you can clearly see what happened.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I mean, especially in like MMA where like they get paid so little and the referees and it's such a highly consequential thing that they're refereeing. Like when you're getting paid so little and that's just kind of like your weekend job, but the consequence of your job is like potentially somebody dying because you don't get in between the action fast enough. I mean, that's, kind of really crazy when you think about it well how
0: do you not freak out when like someone's head is sticking out and there's blood everywhere and like you're there but they're still fighting right but you've got to be thinking to yourself like oh my god this could be the night this could be the night someone dies in the cage like i don't want to be the referee involved in this you know so it's and some referees really let them go on till they have nothing left and some stop it too early like it, there's there's definitely a skill involved to determine when it's time to stop.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And it's not a job that I would ever want.
1: No, way way too high pressure, way too high consequence. I wouldn't right. want to be responsible for somebody screwing up their Long-term health, or dying, or something because of me not getting in there fast enough. Like, yeah. Well, and not I don't just want that, that you, burden.
0: Your decision could also determine if this person's going to get millions of dollars or not. Like, yeah, maybe they they get the title based on what you've decided, and because you didn't do this, they don't get it, and now it's like they go. They could have made a million dollars, and now they only made, you know. 600,000, and then they, the next fight, they're only going to get 100,000, you know? Here's
1: another, good, another good example of what we were just talking about. A few weeks ago, there was a UFC event where two of the fights ended prematurely, where the the in the second or third rounds, there was illegal blows, and they just went to a decision then. Like, you didn't have to finish the third round. It was just, like, illegal blows. They were unintentional. So, even though the fight didn't go the full three rounds, we're st- it was far enough that they could make a decision for the fight. The next week, because of all the controversy with that being a judgment call, when it happened to Michael Jackson, who I put money on allegedly, mm-hmm. he wound up winning by DQ for the same thing because they were looking at that. They were going, last week, there was two matches that should have been disqualifications that we went to a decision on. So, when it happened again, they made the right call and made a disqualification but yeah. it they, but it was based on them doing it wrong twice the week before. So um so anyway, what other super chats we got? I know we got to wrap the show up pretty soon. Yep. Uh
0: this is actually Kogan. He has a new uh YouTube uh, called Dial F for Film. Okay. Tomorrow's up, 20 Kogan? years since we lost the British bulldog. Could you guys give thoughts on his career? Congrats on 50 episodes, guys. This is Kogan by the way. Um yeah, so I just uh, initially huge, like just stood out. I couldn't believe how big he was like just as a fan. Um, And uh, the braids and everything, the funny thing is, is like he came in more as a tag team wrestler. I don't remember him as tag team wrestler at all. Like I only really knew him as um, the British bulldog. And uh, he was like right there, mid card. I'd put him there with Mr. Perfect. Didn't, you know, those type of guys, even, I mean, to me though, what stands out, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Shawn Michaels, those matches with them. And I remember like watching with Shawn Michaels and they've always said this about him. Like when they said Davey's one of those guys that like he had to be in the ring with somebody to really push him to get the best out of him. Otherwise he wouldn't necessarily display his best. And I, and that was true because this is a fan and someone that didn't understand the business. I'm a kid, right? But I remember matches like with Shawn Michaels and just being like, holy crap, British Bulldog's really good. And like, you could just tell he was different on certain nights. And uh, I thought that the 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 whole Hart Foundation, when he was all with the group with Brett, like that was really sick. And then it was kind of crazy to me that he was married to like Brett Hart's uh, sister and, and how he was connected in that. Um, but I definitely think he's, you know, Hall of Fame worthy. Um, I think that he is uh, – he's one of those guys that probably could have been a champion just based on talent and all that. But he was one of those guys that, like I said, it kind of sounds like that he was uh, – he wasn't always uh, 100% in the ring and he didn't always take it as serious as he should have. And you can kind of see with his body too, like as his career went on, he got softer and softer, Um, but great wrestler, really great wrestler, totally like lived up to the part.
1: So like for me, it was a weird, it was weird for me because I pretty much learned about him through WCW. So like I, I didn't know much about his WWF run at the time that I started watching him. I somehow knew, either through VHS tapes or something. I somehow knew that he had a tag team with Lex Luger before WCW. Like I I don't know why I knew that, but because I think I initially thought that's what the British Bulldogs were. But I was like, this this doesn't make any sense because Lex Luger isn't British. Like I never, I I didn't. I obviously I get it all now, but that was as a kid. So, so then, and unfortunately in WCW, he just wasn't that big of a deal. And then, then I remember. I really remember him going back to the WWF and wearing like the blue jeans and being in the yep. hardcore title scene oh. and remembering just how strange it all was because at, by the time he went back to WWF, I had learned about how big of a deal he was there beforehand, kind of similar to Kurt Henning. Like when I was like, Kurt hanging Henning and WCW doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But then we went back to WWF and then I went back and I was like, Oh, he was like, incredible as mr perfect as like the intercontinental title intercontinental champion and all this stuff so i had to kind of like piece all this together all out of order but like when it came to the british bulldog it always felt like he was made out to be a bigger deal than what i ever saw if that makes sense like yeah like in wcw he just didn't do a whole lot in WWF they put him with the hardcore title and and i think he was a part of the six-pack challenge world title match like at one point. Cause I remember yep. that I think being the first ever six pack challenge. Yep. And I remember him being in that. So I do remember those things, but um yeah, unfortunately for me, it's like all the best stuff he ever did uh, with like Bret Hart, especially like SummerSlam was in 92 in Wembley. Like yeah. that's probably the peak of his career and what most people would probably look at and all the stuff surrounding that was really good too. But most of what I saw live, it just kind of felt like I was watching a guy who was supposed to be a way bigger star than like what I feel like I was seeing at the time.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, it's funny yep. too because Forgive like me, I remember seeing Bimbo and just thinking like that's his own original style, you know. And then I saw Davey Richards and I was like, oh yeah, like he's totally a, a Bimbo fan. You know what I mean? And then come to find out they're both like basically gimmicking off of uh, uh Dynamite, Dynamite Kid. Kid. Yeah. And I and I didn't even know who Dynamite Kid was. Like he wasn't much of a factor in WWE when I was watching. So, um going back and watching his stuff though, then I'm like, "Holy crap, this is totally Chris Benoit and Davey Richards." You know, like you could totally see how they wrestled. So, interesting. Um, but guys, if you guys haven't, please smash the like button. I appreciate it. Helps us with the algorithms. It helps us keep promoting the video. Um, thanks for tuning in tonight. Did we have anything else to cover? We pretty much got it all.
1: I think we got it all. I just wanted to thank everybody who's been watching the show. 50 episodes. Pretty yeah. awesome. Um, and me and Doug were doing it a little bit before that, before like we came up with the whole Live Rounds concept and um we really appreciate y'all we appreciate unkind esports for being a a sponsor for for the months that they were uh we are still looking for sponsors if you know anyone out there that'd be interested in the show we we're not out here trying to charge an arm an arm and a leg we want to do something that's fair that just helps the show bring in a little bit extra money and helps promote you as well as a sponsor so um we're definitely willing to work with you and we are looking for uh, a new sponsor for the show still so um, and it has to be a good fit. We don't want to just go with anybody, but if it's a good fit that, that's mutually beneficial for us and for y'all, we, we really want to talk to you about it. Um, it's been really cool doing the show with Doug. I obviously was a fan of RVD Keto for Life, him and Bill. Um, for what it's worth, because I have seen this things in the in the chat a little bit tonight, we did try for this episode. Um trust me, I'm I, me more than anyone else, I want Bill to be on this show. Um, I really do but he's got other stuff that like it just it just we just can't do it right now unfortunately but um i never have felt like a replacement for bill this is kind of a totally different thing but he I is agree. but but he knows he is always 100 welcome to join us um and we hope that he he can at some point again in the future um but you know it's cool doing this show with doug um and i uh i appreciate y'all watching and even though i'm on this new schedule with this new job i'm i have no intention of, of slowing down on this show we'll still be here every tuesday night 10 10 p.m eastern and uh we yeah, gotta keep trying to grow this thing kind of slow and steady and but we really appreciate everyone who's in here who's, who's hitting that like button who's sending super chats and even if not if you're just in there commenting we see your comments we appreciate it if you're just in here lurking and you just watch the show and no interaction we appreciate you just as much so um th- thanks for thanks for watching the show with us episode 50 and before we know it we'll be at episode 100
0: and i just want to send a message to Singh when he makes his aw debut
1: and for this extremely judgmental crowd they can't wait to boo you right out the freaking door been waiting i'll show for that one
0: yeah i like that
1: Oh, <laughs> and um, by that the way y'all one. i'll throw this out there it's my birthday this weekend
0: oh, on okay. sunday
1: so um if y'all want to it's also on, on a more somber note it is the 20th anniversary of my mother passing away so this is going to be this part of the month and this part of the year and stuff is rough um i am going to donate my hair soon to um my mother past of breast cancer and I'm donating my hair, uh, to hopefully help a kid who's going through cancer treatment that, uh, needs hair. I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to donating my hair sometime soon for that too. Um, but if anyone wants to do anything for my birthday, um, go over to my Twitter, I have a tip jar open on there. And if you want to send me any, any money for my birthday or anything, and I can give you shout outs on the show as well next week, but I've had some people reach out and be like, Hey, what should we do for your birthday? If you just donate a little bit of money to the to the tip jar, what I'll do with that is I will take it and I'll probably buy wrestling action figures on behalf of, because that's the kind of stuff that I like. And whatever I wind up getting, I'll show you all on screen. So um, don't ever feel like you need to do that. I just wanted to throw that out there because some people have asked and I just say that's probably the easiest thing. Tip jar on Twitter and I will turn whatever tips I get into some sort of birthday present from the fans. So I shouldn't even say the fans. That, that sounds egotistical. The viewers, yeah. people who help support the show. I, I, I feel weird saying we have fans because me and Doug are literally just pro wrestling fans ourselves that just like talking about it. And it's cool that other people want to hear our thoughts on it. So
0: for sure, for sure. And and likewise, just, you know, what Steven said, I appreciate you guys. Um, I know what it's like right now. Inflation's tough and and just sending any type of donation. I definitely really appreciate it. Um, and there's times, I'm not going to lie, you know, when you go from having 50,000 views and then it's changed to, like, just 800 views or 1,000 views or even 560 views or whatever, it hurts the ego. But, God, YouTube's changed so much. And I've seen things where, like, people have 100,000 subscribers and they're only getting 340 views. Like, it's just different now. But i am honestly, like as much as I really enjoy doing stuff with bill, I'm honestly more proud of this because with me and bill, you know, we just did a video for like 13 minutes and just talk crap. And, and, you know, this I'm live every two, uh, for two hours plus, and I have to carry the conversation. and I have to go over a whole bunch of different topics. And I, 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 I'm proud that I can do that. I'm proud that out of no matter what you're throwing at me, live rounds, I can talk about it and we can go into long discussions. And it's not Joe Rogan podcast, but it's it's like that of pro wrestling to where you're not just gonna get some short little answer and we're on to the next thing. You're gonna understand how we feel about pro wrestling and mixed martial arts, who our favorites are and why. And there's always new topics to talk about. So I definitely appreciate all you guys. Shout out to everybody that's ever sent a super chat. Sh- chat. Sa- shout out to anybody that's ever hit that like button that keeps uh, promoting us. I appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll be back next week.
1: You want me to hit the outro? Yeah, that's good. I got it. All right, y'all. Be back next week. 10, 10 p.m. Eastern right here live rounds RPG for life hit the subscribe button if you haven't already hit that thumbs up button hit that like button for us we appreciate it see you next week
0: thank you for tuning in to live rounds make sure you leave a like leave a comment and donate to Steven Jensen he will
1: read out your donations on the next week's show also don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Steven Jensen on Twitter and if you like what you heard tonight check out more live rounds episodes